Hello everyone, my name is Haley Elizabeth and if you don't know who I am, I post videos pertaining to a little bit of whatever I want, conspiracy theories, controversial people, true crime, vlogs, and so if you're interested in any of that, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel every Wednesday to watch the visual version of my true crime videos, or you can head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts and listen to the audio version of my true crime episodes every Tuesday. But for today's case, we're going to be talking about the case of Seth Jackson. Now there is a lot to get through, so we are just going to get right into it. Seth Tyler Jackson was born on February 3rd of 1996 in Summerfield, Florida. He was born with his mom, Sonia, his father, Scott, and his two older brothers, Scott Jr. and Stephen. Seth growing up was described as very fun, very outgoing. He was kind of like the class clown in a way. He could make anybody laugh. He also had a very kind and big heart. And he was also really into wrestling and had dreams of becoming a UFC fighter one day. Seth was also described to be just an average kid in high school. He wasn't popular, but he also wasn't too like isolated and alone. He just had, you know, his his close circle of friends and that was all he really needed. So he wasn't outgoing and he wasn't shy. He was just kind of like an average kid. Seth also was a very big animal lover and he also loved four-wheeling with his family and friends. One of his favorite hobbies that he would frequently do with his friends was play Yu-Gi-Oh! He was very, very into Yu-Gi-Oh! as well as playing video games and this is something that his friends and him would do often. And so before high school, Seth was, you know, just kind of by himself, doing his own thing, enjoying his life, and it wasn't until he got to high school, 14 years old, is where he would meet his girlfriend, 14-year-old Amber Wright. It was said that in the beginning of their relationship, it was definitely like young love, you know, when you're in a relationship for the first time, everything's so new, you're experiencing everything for the first time, so it was said that their relationship really flourished in the beginning until towards the end of their relationship where things started to get a little more rocky. Amber was said to be a very bad influence on Seth. Amber was the type of girl that ran with a lot of the wrong crowd. Seth, prior to meeting Amber, didn't really have any interest in drinking or doing drugs like weed just because he was 13 years old and now he's 14 years old. So he never really had an interest in any of that until meeting Amber and Amber kind of introduced him to drinking and doing drugs. And where they would mostly drink and do their drugs was at Amber's best friend's trailer and she was 18-year-old Charlie Ely. As far as 18-year-old Charlie Ely, she had such a rough upbringing. Her parents were never really around. She got married at a very, very young age and she was currently married, but her husband was in jail, so she was waiting for him to get out. So since her parents were never around and her husband was in jail, she had this trailer all to herself and she needed to pay the bills. So what she would do is rent out rooms to people. So Charlie had three roommates, Amber's half-brother, Kai. Hooper, who was 16 years old, 20-year-old Justin Soto, and 18-year-old Michael Bargo. And this was the crowd that uh, Amber mostly hung around with, her friend Charlie, her brother Kyle, and also Justin and Michael. But even Charlie's roommates and her friends, they were also known for getting in trouble a lot. Kyle was actually kicked out of his house due to substance abuse issues. Justin was also kicked out of his house after resorting to crime on the streets. He had many different juvenile arrests for possession of a weapon on school property, battery, and burglary. Michael, as well, had a criminal history of possession of weapons, a restraining order against him, and burglary. And so since this was the crowd that Amber mostly hung around with, naturally Seth would also hang around with these people all the time. And so due to this, you know, you typically always do what your friend group is doing. And there's that saying that's like you are who you surround yourself with. And so because of this, Seth started to get into drinking, getting into drugs, starting to act out, get rebellious. And this is kind of the person that Seth was becoming. And it was said that Seth 
Seth was sort of changing himself for Amber so that she would like him a lot more. Uh, Seth also had a best friend named Will and Will was kind of like Seth's comfort person. Like Seth knew that he could truly be himself around Will. He could play Yu-Gi-Oh cards and video games and that was his true self. But when he was around Amber, he said that he was just kind of a different person. Like he wasn't the same Seth. So Seth and Amber's relationship lasted an entire year, which is a pretty long time, until March of 2011, Amber broke up with Seth and then shortly after began dating 18-year-old Michael Bargo, Charlie's roommate. And the way that Amber and Seth split up was a very messy breakup uh, because it was speculated that Amber was actually cheating on Seth with Michael. That's why as soon as her and Seth broke up, she immediately went straight to Michael. And it was also seen on Facebook as well because in early March, Michael had posted on his Facebook wall saying, quote, I already miss my baby girl, love you, Amber. And at this time, uh, Seth and Amber were indeed dating. So this kind of implies that Michael has a relationship with Amber while Amber is in a relationship with Seth. And then on March 28th, Amber posted to her Facebook wall, quote, done. And then that same day, Seth also posted to his Facebook page saying, quote, single, hit me up now, I don't have a trick and then he includes his number. So it was seen that obviously Amber and Mike had a thing going on while Amber and Seth were dating and this led to a very messy breakup. Not only was it messy in real life with constant fighting, but they also took their personal issues to Facebook as well. All three of them, Amber, Seth, and Michael. And Seth's best friend Will said that although Seth tended to put up this tough guy persona, he could tell that Seth was very heartbroken and traumatized over the situation. I mean, Seth at this point is just a 15-year-old boy. Like, he's still very, very young. So, you know, losing the first love or your first relationship is always extremely hard. And so then on April 8th of 2011, that is when Seth took to Facebook to tell his Facebook friends that he was single now. And due to this, it stirred up a very lengthy argument in the comments of this post between Amber and Seth. Amber and Seth were calling each other disgusting names and just essentially airing out all of their personal issues online, including a post where Seth had actually called Amber out for using crystal meth. Seth also posted on his Facebook wall and showed proof about how Amber was cheating on him with Michael, aka Mike, in a lot of these Facebook posts. Seth calls him Mike instead of Michael. And Seth would also go on to say what a terrible person Michael was as well because for a little bit of backstory on Michael, Michael actually just moved to Florida two years prior. Michael grew up in a very violent and abusive household and due to this, as he grew up, he also became very abusive and violent. At 16 years old, Michael actually dropped out of school and moved into his father's home, but he eventually ran away from his father's home and just decided to uh, like couch surf on all of his friends until eventually finding Charlie, to which Charlie rented out a room to him and that's how he began living there. But as far as his criminal record, he had a lengthy criminal record just like the rest of Amber's friends. He was caught multiple times with a 22 caliber revolver that was said that he brought around everywhere he went. He also got arrested for burglary. He had the restraining order. He has showed so many times in the past that he is a very violent person. And due to not only these arguments on Facebook between Seth and Michael. Michael just in general did not like Seth because allegedly Amber would give fake stories to Michael to make Seth look like a worse person than what he actually was. Amber would tell Michael how Seth was extremely abusive during the relationship. He was constantly yelling at her and hitting her which essentially just added more fuel to Michael's fire of hatred that he had towards Seth. And not only did Michael not like Seth, also Amber's half-brother Kyle did not like Seth as well because of all of the abuse that he had put Amber under, all of the abuse that Amber was telling him that he had put her under. And not only that, but at the time, Kyle had a girlfriend named Alyssa, and to which one day when he went over to his girlfriend's house, Alyssa's house, 
he had actually caught Alyssa in bed with Seth. And so because of this, Kyle also didn't really like Seth. And so because of this, whenever Seth and Michael would fight online, it was mostly like a lot of threatening of physical violence, but nobody, or it was speculated that like nobody was really going to do anything until one day Seth found out that Amber and Michael were going to be at a specific party. So Seth said, I'm going to go to that party and I'm going to confront Michael about everything that he has done to me. So Seth goes to that party to confront Michael, which he does. And from people at the party, they say that Seth, quote, laid Michael out. So essentially, Seth and Michael got into a very nasty physical fight and it was said that Seth actually won this fight. It was very obvious that Seth won the fight and due to this, Michael was very embarrassed because he had just lost a fight so terribly in front of a bunch of people, in front of an an entire party. He had embarrassed himself, Seth had embarrassed him, and this just added so much more anger that Michael had for Seth. But after this, no one really said anything to each other. Like, of course, Seth had a lot of anger towards Michael because he was, like, the other man. He was the man that uh, Amber was cheating on him with. So, of course, they're not going to like each other. So then on Sunday of April 17th of 2011, it was a typical Sunday. Um, He had plans on going to his friend's house later on that day. It was just basically, like, a chill day. But Seth, unfortunately, was very agitated this day. Day because Amber was non-stop texting him. Amber all day long was texting him about how she wanted to rekindle their relationship, how she understands that she messed up and she wants to give this relationship another chance. But Seth, at first, he's not falling for these games. He's like, you know what? I've been hurt once before. I can't go through that again, especially with the same person. I can't do that. And so it was just going on all day long where Amber was like constantly texting him, asking him to come over, come over to Charlie's trailer specifically. And he kept on saying no. Seth was like, I can't do that. I can't do that to myself. And basically just declined all of his offers. And um, later on that night, it was Seth and his best friend, Will. They went over to their friend Brittany's house just to, again, you know, hang out, play cards, play video games. And the entire time he was there, Will said that Seth was just constantly on his phone. He knew that something was up with Seth, but he didn't want to pry. He didn't want to, you know, maybe get him fired up or something. So instead, he was just trying to make Seth feel better, but he could definitely tell that something was bothering him. And then Will said that after their hangout at their friend's house, that is when Will and Seth had walked home because they both had their houses like in the same general direction. So as they were walking home, he continued to say that Seth was constantly on on his phone. He was texting someone, but again, Will didn't want to pry. It was none of his business, so that's when um, at one point in their walk, the two boys were going to part their separate ways to go to their houses, and that's when Will said goodbye to Seth. Seth said goodbye to Will, and unfortunately, that would be the last time that Will had ever seen Seth. And so Seth, instead of going home, he actually agreed to meet up at Charlie's trailer in order to talk things out about their relationship. And so that is where he headed. And he even had a phone conversation with Amber prior to the meet up at Charlie's trailer that said, quote, from Amber, hey, can you talk? Seth says, you said you needed to talk? Amber says, Well, I kind of need to talk to you about us working things out. Seth said, what do you mean? Amber says, can you call me, like now? Seth says, yeah, sure. And so it was speculated that over the phone, um, Seth and Amber were talking about meeting at Charlie's trailer, but at one point, Seth was like, well, actually, I'm at Brittany's house right now, so I can't really go over there right now, but when I'm done with Brittany's house, then I'll definitely go over to Charlie's trailer. And then towards the end of the night, when Seth was supposed to meet Amber there, Amber texts him and says, quote, Hey, my friend Charlie is coming with. I've been telling her everything between me and you and she's coming because I need her help through this. Is that okay? But don't tell anyone what's going on because I want to make sure we can work things out before anyone knows. Then Seth replies saying, quote, Amber, if you have me jumped, I will never give you the time of day. So if I get jumped, say goodbye, all right. 
Amber replies, I swear you're not, Seth. I could never do that to you. I just want me and you back. Seth just says, okay. And then later on that night, around the time where Seth and Amber were supposed to meet up, Amber says, quote, I'm walking up the hill now. I'm at the neighborhood road. Where are you? And then Seth replies, sorry, I didn't want Will to hear me, but stay around the corner where me and you fought. Just wait right there. I'll be there in a minute. And that was the last text that was ever sent on Seth's phone. And so after this, it was said that at the corner of uh, Charlie's trailer, like the corner of the street, that is where Charlie, Amber, and Seth had met up. And from there, all of them walked down the street to Charlie's trailer so that Seth and Amber could talk about their relationship. But what Seth didn't know was that inside of the home, Charlie, Michael, Kyle, Justin, and Amber were all about to execute their premeditated plan to murder Seth. The next day on Monday of April 18th, 2011, Seth's mother got very, very concerned that Seth had not returned home yet. She was calling him and texting him and there was absolutely no reply. And this was very odd for Seth because Seth was, as I said, on the outside, he was a tough guy, but on the inside, he was very sweet and he also loved his mother. He hated to see his mother in any sort of pain or worry. He was very, very good on letting his mother know what time he was going to be home and on this particular night Seth not only didn't tell his mom where he was going but he also just wasn't picking up his phone or replying to any of her messages and so immediately after this Seth's mother had called the police and filed Seth as a missing person the next day on Tuesday of April 19th 2011 that is when his disappearance started to show up on TV trying to get people to start looking for him there were missing persons flyers and so as Seth showed up on the news of people you know worried especially his family freaking out not knowing where he is it was at the same time that Kyle and his mother was actually watching TV as Kyle was watching the news and saw that Seth's family was extremely distressed over Seth they didn't know where he was and then in this moment Kyle just felt this overwhelming amount of guilt and shame and that's when he turned turns to his mother and tells her that he knows exactly where Seth is. He goes on to tell his mother the half story of how him, Amber, Charlie, Michael, and Justin all got together and killed Seth. The mother immediately after hearing the story calls the police and she takes Kyle and Amber to the police station and later on that day the police did end up finding Charlie and Justin as well to bring them in for questioning. However, Michael was nowhere to be found. So what the interrogators decided to do was to put all of the kids in separate rooms, ask them very specific details about the night or about a story that they're telling, and then at the end, they compare all of the stories that the kids had told them, and then later on, get all of the kids together in one room in hopes of maybe, you know, if teenage kids are all in a room together, they're naturally going to gossip or talk about what's going on, and possibly they could get more information like that. As far as their interrogations, their separate interrogations, 20-year-old Justin Soto went through most of his interrogation very nonchalant. He was very closed off and pretended like he barely knew anyone in the group and even started calling his friends, like for example, Amber. He would call Amber, quote, Charlie's friend, or when he was referring to Seth, he would call him, quote, the little white boy. I think his name is Seth or something. So he's just basically pretending like he doesn't know anyone, that he doesn't know anything. He's being super vague about his answers and his whereabouts during the time of the crime. And so that was basically his demeanor throughout this entire interrogation. And as for Amber's interrogation, Amber was actually accompanied by her mother because Amber was only 15 years old at the time. And so from her timeline of events, she says that her and her friend Charlie went to go meet up with Seth at the corner of 
Charlie's trailer and the time was around 9.30 p.m. She says that Charlie went with her because since it was dark outside, she didn't want to stand at the corner all by herself and so when she met up with Seth, they talked at the corner for about 30 minutes before Seth eventually left to go home. She says that her and Charlie went back into Charlie's house and then about an hour later, that is when Seth showed up at the door again asking to speak with Amber. She says that during this time, Michael was in his room, Justin was in his room, but Kyle was sitting on the couch watching TV. When Charlie opened up the door for Seth, that is when Seth and Amber started to talk a little bit further, but Kyle just randomly, when he caught sight of Seth, just got up and started to attack Seth. She says that Kyle randomly got up and started hitting him over the head and to which Amber and Charlie ran straight to Charlie's room because they didn't really know what was going on. After all of this, the ruckus uh, woke up Justin and Michael, to which Justin and Michael and Kyle were now all beating up Seth. They said that from the room, they could hear screaming, thumps, and then towards the end, five or six gunshots, and then immediately silence. And then within this silence, that is when Amber hears Kyle say, quote, what did you just do? And so since Amber at this time and Charlie were very scared, they obviously didn't want to go out there. So they just hid in Charlie's room until the next morning. And when they went out of the bedroom, they looked around and they started to smell this very strong scent of bleach. And she also said that that entire day, Michael did not come out of his room. He was just hiding in there as far as Justin and Kyle. They were just acting as if nothing had happened. And so that was Amber's timeline of events. She claims that, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see anything go on. I didn't touch anything. So I don't know what happened. And as for Charlie's story, Charlie's story was pretty much the same exact story. She says that Kyle randomly started to attack Seth. And due to this, her and uh, Amber had ran in her room. So they didn't see anything. They don't know what happened. But there were a couple of inconsistencies in Charlie's story story that was different from Amber's story and pretty big, you know, points in the story. Charlie says in her interrogation that on Sunday night, Amber and her met up with Seth at the corner of Brittany's house, not at the corner of her trailer. Now, this may seem like a very small slip up, but it definitely is a large factor because how can you forget the setting of where you were or where you were walking to? And as for Amber's story, Amber said that Michael just remained in his room room all day long. He didn't come out. He didn't say anything. Whereas Charlie said that Michael did come out and see them and even talk to them the next morning and said, quote, I swear if you guys open up your mouth about anything about last night, I'm gonna come after you guys. So at this point in the interrogation, Justin's not saying anything. He's pretending like he doesn't know anything. And as for Charlie and Amber, they're saying the same story, but with the same exact idea of that, I don't know anything. I wasn't there. I didn't see anything. So I don't know what happened. But as for Kyle's interrogation, Kyle was the only one that really told the investigators everything that happened. I mean, Kyle was the first to open up in the very beginning when he saw Seth on TV and he opened up to his mother about it. He was the very first person to say a full story. So although Kyle was the most truthful out of Amber, Charlie, and Justin, he definitely wasn't 100% truthful. He claims that he has no part in it or that he had no part in it when a lot of evidence show that he did have some parts in it. Kyle says that on Sunday morning, he was hanging out with his friend Brandon at Charlie's trailer until Michael came in and started to randomly snort some white crushed up pills. Now, this wasn't too, you know, out of the ordinary because Michael was known for doing drugs. You know, he took pills, he did weed, he did psychedelics. And so a while after Michael had snorted these pills, that is when Brandon left and now it was just Kyle, Amber, Charlie, Justin, and Michael. 
Michael after snorting whatever he just took. Uh, Kyle said that he wasn't sure if it was cocaine or some sort of crushed up pills, but he said that Michael started to get really, really amped up after taking these drugs and he started going on nonsense rants before saying, quote, man, I want to go on a killing spree tonight. I just want to. You guys down? And to this, any person would easily just be like, no, no, let's not do that. But in this situation, everyone just said yes. Everyone just said, yeah, let's do that. And so apparently from Kyle's story, he says that everyone was on board to just kill someone that night. And so through further conversating when they were trying to figure out who exactly they were going to kill, that is when Michael had proposed the idea of killing Seth because Michael hated Seth, Amber hated Seth, Kyle hated Seth. So that is when Michael had proposed the plan to kill Seth and everyone was on board, including Kyle himself. He confesses that he was very interested in the idea of killing Seth. He did say that he wanted to see Seth dead, but when it actually came down to it, it all became way too real. And Kyle did not, you know, back away from anything. He said, yes, I was on board with it myself. I did want to see Seth dead, and this was something that I really wanted to do, but it was more of the thought of it rather than the action of it. Kyle says that as Michael was trying to lay down a plan, he kept on reiterating to everyone, saying that if the cops ever found out that he would take the blame for everyone, that he would do everything. He would shoot Seth. He would dispose of Seth's body. It was all going to be on Michael. And that's what kind of appealed Kyle to the idea of following through with this plan, knowing that he won't get any jail time for this because it'll all be on Michael. But although Kyle seemed to be telling a truthful story, you could just tell that it wasn't a hundred percent true. There was a point in his story where he said that he had hit Seth over the head three times with a block of wood and then when Justin started to hit him over the head that is when Kyle stepped in and said no no no, no stop stop just let him go even though he had just hit and attacked Seth earlier there were just a lot of things that weren't making sense within his story and so that is when the detectives decide that maybe it would be a nice idea to have all of the kids be put in one room and then hopefully they can try to confess something while the uh, security cam is rolling. Don't worry, it's still me just now in sponsorship mode, thanking the sponsor of today's episode, Pros. Most of you have probably heard me talk about the praises of Pros, the world's most personalized hair care, and for those who haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results I've been seeing since using my customized Pros products. Pros knows there's more to you than just your hair type, and Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, and that's exactly how I got started. The quiz is super easy and only takes a couple of minutes, but really goes over every one of your hair's needs, and since using Pros, my hair has never felt so shiny and healthy as well as my hair growth and I really really love how all of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. I love how Pros gives me a personalized mixture of my hair because then I know that my hair is getting all of its needs met instead of just guessing. And if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back with no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take the free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today by going to pros.com slash behind. That is p-r-o-s-e.com slash behind for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. The holidays aren't all sleigh bells and mistletoe. They're also airports, shopping malls, and dining tables crowded with people. Give yourself the ultimate gift of a stress-free holiday with Next Evo's Naturals, a fast-absorbing CBD. CBD products. Next Evo's Stress CBD Complex Gummies are clinically proven to have four times better absorption than standard CBD. No other CBD brand can promise that. Personally, I have really been loving Next Evo's gummies, especially with the holidays. I'm under a lot of stress and it really does help me with my stress, my trouble sleeping. Regular CBD oil works more slowly because of how our bodies process oil-based ingredients compared
compared to water-soluble supplements. And regular CBD only achieves 2-10% to absorption, so over 90% of what you think you're getting goes to waste. Help fight holiday stress with Next Evo Natural Stress CBD Complex Gummies featuring ashwagandha, clinically proven to reduce stress by 70%. Get smarter CBD from Next Evo's Naturals and get up to 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast promo code behind. That is N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash podcast promo code behind. So at first, they put Kyle into a room with his mother, thinking that, you know, if Kyle confessed to his mother once, maybe he might confess to his mother again. And all while this is going on, there is the um, interrogation camera going. It was said that during this time, they probably didn't know that they were being recorded because when Amber left the room and Kyle entered, so now it was just Kyle and his mom, he said to his mother, quote, both your kids are in for murder. What we told you wasn't the story. I mean, it was planned. Everything was planned. Everybody. So that right there is Kyle's confession that this was a premeditated crime, that this wasn't spare of the moment like Amber and Charlie were saying. It wasn't something surprising. It was something that was meant to happen and expected to happen. And then shortly after this, that is when Kyle's mom had left the room and Amber entered. So now it was just Kyle and Amber. Then shortly after that, Charlie came into the room. And then shortly after that, Justin came into the room and all four of them were sitting there and just openly discussing about the crime and what had happened. And it wasn't until this particular moment when all of the kids got together in one room where the actual events of the crime would be discussed. And so that morning on Sunday, Michael did indeed snort some white pills and he was up and out. He was very amped up and he did propose the idea to kill someone to which everyone was on board with. And then that is when Charlie, Amber, Kyle, Michael, Justin, and a sixth person to this crime was 37-year-old James Young Havens III, who was actually the former stepfather of both Kyle and Amber. It was said that although James and um, their mother weren't together, he still cared about Amber and Kyle, so he would visit them quite frequently. It was said that shortly after Michael proposed the idea of killing someone, everyone was weirdly on board with it, and then they all came to an agreement that that person should be Seth. It was said that at this moment, when they started to actually plan out the crime and what they were going to do, James felt very uncomfortable, so he just got up and left. And so from James's statement, he says that he has no clue of what the plan was. He has no clue of how it all went down. He is completely innocent in this situation because he he just got up and left, which at the end of the day, you're a 37 year old man, you're talking to a bunch of teenagers. It would be very nice if someone stepped in and said, no, this is wrong. Don't do this. But now with James gone, the plan still pursued. Michael said that Amber was going to lure Seth to Charlie's trailer under the impression that her and him were going to get back together. He knew that Seth still was in love with Amber, so this was going to be quite easy to do. When Seth walked into the trailer, that is when Justin would hit Seth over the head with an axe handle or a block of wood. And then from there, Michael and Kyle would then swoop in and beat and jump Seth. Once all three boys were satisfied, in beating Seth. That is when Michael would drag Seth to the bathtub where he would then shoot Seth in the head and thus killing him. And from that point forward, they started to basically plan out what they were going to do to Seth and how they were going to kill Seth. And this plan like took a very long time to come together. So there were so, so many opportunities throughout all of this where someone could step in and say, hey, let's not do this. Let's not do this. But no one did. Surprisingly, everyone was just on board with the idea and all wanted to kill Seth. So that Sunday, the day that uh, Seth was getting all these messages from Amber saying, hey, let's meet up. I want to rekindle our relationship. I want to work things out. This was indeed her way of luring Seth to the trailer. 
And so, obviously, Seth was not budging, he kept on declining her offers, and it took an entire day of convincing before Seth had agreed to meet up with Amber at Charlie's trailer. Later on that night, when Seth and Will had parted ways, instead of Seth going to his home, he actually went to the corner of Charlie's trailer. But when Seth actually showed up, they did not talk for 30 minutes, like Amber said. What actually happened was when Seth met up with Charlie and Amber at first, First, they were just kind of, you know, talking like regular and then that's when Amber made the comment, hey, let's actually go back to Charlie's trailer and we can talk there where it's more comfortable. So that's exactly what happened. Charlie, Amber, and Seth all went to Charlie's trailer. And so when Seth walked in, that is when Kyle was sitting on the couch and Amber said to Kyle, quote, hey Kyle, can you leave for a minute while I talk to Seth? To which Kyle just got up and went to his room, but in his room was Michael. And in there, the two of them were getting prepared to beat and kill Seth. It was in this moment where Kyle started to feel very nervous and seeing Seth in person just made the plan all too real for him. He started to get doubts, he started to get second thoughts, but Michael kept reminding him of all of the terrible things things that Seth had done to him and Michael even said to Kyle quote Seth deserves to die. It was then that Kyle and Justin both walked out of their rooms and started to beat Seth with a block of wood. Kyle hit Seth over the head three times while Justin hit him over the head once. To this, Seth knew that he was about to get jumped, so he immediately got up from the chair that he was sitting in and immediately started running out the door. But as Seth was running out of the door, that is when Michael would take his 22 caliber and shoot Seth in the back three times. Now, although Seth had been shot in the back three times, Seth was still alive and running away, to which this Justin had ran after him and was able to tackle him to the ground. Michael and Kyle had caught up to Justin, who at this point had Seth in a headlock, and to which at this point, Michael started to continuously shoot and beat Seth. And whilst Michael was shooting and beating Seth, uh, that is when Kyle intervened, and started to yell, quote, stop it, stop it, just let him go. And it was at this point where Amber and Charlie actually ran to Charlie's room. They started crying, they started freaking out, they started regretting everything that they had just done because, like Kyle, this situation started to become all too real. And so they did indeed stay in their rooms for the duration of the murder, but not until the next morning like they said they had. As Kyle was yelling at Michael to stop shooting Seth, that is when Michael listened and Michael and Justin both walked into the house before Michael had instructed Kyle to drag Seth's body inside and into the bathtub. So that's what happened. Uh, Kyle had picked up Seth, placed him in the bathtub with the help of both Michael and Justin. And once Seth was in the bathtub, Michael had instructed both Justin and Kyle to leave the bathroom while Michael went into Charlie's room with his gun still in his hand, wagging it around. And he tells Amber and Charlie, quote, I love you both, but if you say anything, I'll kill you both. After this, Michael went back into the bathroom where he instructed Justin and Kyle to clean up the blood in the living room and kitchen while Charlie and Amber went outside to prepare a fire that they were going to use to burn Seth. He also instructed Charlie and Amber to go out to the front yard and get tires as well to burn because he said that with the scent of a burning body, it could be very nauseating and strong and the smell of the rubber will kind of cover up that stench of the body. While Kyle and Michael were inside cleaning up all of the blood with the bleach, however, uh, he said that Michael had shut the bathroom door and he heard Michael screaming and cussing and quote, talking psycho towards Seth. While Seth didn't say a word, he was just in pain, he was dying until they heard three gunshots go off and then just absolute silence. A couple minutes of silence go by and that's when Michael walks out of the bathroom to see Justin and Kyle and he instructs both Justin and Kyle to help him dispose of Seth's body. But instead of just disposing of Seth's body, it was said that Michael started to do very unnecessary 
and really odd things to Seth's body, he began to pull out several of Seth's teeth as well as breaking both of his kneecaps with a baseball bat, playing with his tongue, and hitting Seth with a shovel. And it was said that in this moment, Seth was dead. He was completely dead and yet Michael continued to hit him with a shovel and shoot him and it was said that the reasoning why Michael was doing this was probably in order to relive the experience of killing him again. Maybe he felt like he killed Seth too quickly. He was trying to exude some of that leftover adrenaline onto him. It was then where Michael had put Seth into a sleeping bag and dragged him outside and into the fire that Charlie and Amber had prepared. Michael then threw Seth into the fire and he instructed Justin to be in charge of being the one to ensure that Seth was fully burned. So that's exactly what Justin did. Justin sat out there the entire night while everyone else was inside and he basically just watched Seth burn until he was nothing but bone fragments. The next day, 37-year-old James Haven, he was the guy that left midway through the conversation the day before, he uh, was called and asked to help dispose of the body, to which James said yes. He didn't call the police. He didn't tell anyone. He literally just said okay, and he came over and he helped Michael scoop up the ashes and bone fragments of what was left in the fire pit and put them into three separate 35 gallon tanks and drive the tanks out to a lake. They had tied the gallons because since it was purely just ashes in there, um, it was a very light, it was bound to float to the top, so they had secured these tanks with cylinder blocks and um, placed them at the bottom of the lake. Why they didn't spread the ashes, I'm not sure, but they just put it into tanks and sunk it down to the bottom of the lake. But as for Michael, however, although all the other kids had, you know, gone back to Charlie's trailer, they were sleeping, they were cleaning up, Michael had actually fled that morning. He told Amber that he needed to go somewhere and he needed to get out of here and he just left. And that's why when the police were rounding up all the kids to conduct interrogations, they couldn't find Michael because Michael currently is on the run. So the police are watching all of this footage and they are getting the full true story of what happened and it's graphic, it's violent, it's very nonchalant as if they're not talking about a person dying and once they hear this story they realize that Michael was indeed the ringleader of this operation and they conducted a manhunt in order to find him. And Michael was indeed found that day. He was found 80 miles away lying low at his girlfriend Kristen's house. So, yes, you heard me correct. Michael actually had a girlfriend named Kristen and was cheating on Amber actively. So, this murder of Seth couldn't have been an act of love considering he already had a girlfriend who he was using to lie low from his crimes. And so, once he was found, he was arrested and put into interrogation as well as his girlfriend, her father, and her stepmother. What the police found from uh, questioning the father and the stepmom, that Michael, very similar to Kyle, felt immense guilt and shame for what he did, that he confessed his crime to both the father and the stepmom. But instead of saying that he had killed his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, Seth, because currently he already has a girlfriend, Kristen, he said that he had shot Seth to death because he had SA'd his little sister, when in reality it was actually Amber, not his little sister, but he obviously couldn't say that it was Amber, his girlfriend. And not only did Michael confess to the crimes, he also told the dad and the stepmom exactly where the ashes were buried. He said that they had scooped it all up into gallon tanks and then from there tied it with cinder blocks and threw it at the bottom of a lake. And he told them the specific lake of where it was at. And so once the police knew this information, they went out to the lake and they were able to retrieve the ashes. And then that day, that is when Justin, Michael, Amber, Charlie, and Kyle were all arrested for the first-degree murder of Seth 
Jackson. And James as well was also arrested that day, but he was charged with accessory to murder and not first degree murder. I went away. I left. I left. I thought it was a joke because, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say because I'm looking at a lot of years right now. I'm scared. I don't have a freedom now. I've lost everything now. What about the 15-year-old who's dead and was mutilated? He, he lost his life too. As for the trials, all of them had separate trials, but they all got the same verdict to which Charlie, Amber, Kyle, and Justin were all sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole for the first-degree murder of Seth Jackson. Since all of them had pled guilty, there was no, like, official trial that had went down. But Michael, however, the ringleader of this whole operation, had pleaded not guilty, so he did get a full trial. The defense team for Michael tried to argue that Michael was not in the right state of mind at the time he was trying to go for the insanity plea and he was saying that he was going under so many undiagnosed mental illnesses that with all of that that is what made him commit the crime as well as being under the influence of drugs but the court nonetheless did not really give into this insanity plea they saw the evidence they saw the crime and they saw that he had much more involvement than anyone else in the crime and this crime probably wouldn't have been executed if it weren't for Michael encouraging everyone to do so and kind of calling the shots as well. He was letting everybody know what their role was. He was giving orders on what everybody should be doing and Michael didn't just get life in prison. He actually got the death penalty and he was given the title of the youngest person on Florida's death row. But James, however, did not have his trial when everybody else did because in 2012 when everybody else had their trial he was actually deemed not fit to stand trial so instead of going to a trial he instead went to a treatment center and it wasn't until 2017 where he was finally deemed fit to stand trial in 2017 when he had his court hearing he was sentenced to a max sentence of 30 years and if he is released, he would be released in 2047 at the age of 73 years old. As far as the aftermath and where all these kids are at today, Michael Bargo in 2014 actually attempted to appeal his death sentence, but it was denied. And so as of today in 2022, Michael is still awaiting his death penalty in prison. As far as Charlie Ellie, back in 2020, she was actually given a retrial on the claims that she had an ineffective defense team. And so Charlie was accepted and had a retrial. And at that retrial, she accepted a plea deal of second degree murder. And her sentence would have been up to 10 years. But since she was already in prison for nine years already, she was released at 27 years old with time served. So as far as Charlie Ely as of 2022, she is currently 29 years old. She is out and about. I believe she goes under an alias now because I couldn't find any recent things about her. As for Kyle Hooper, he, as well as everyone else, was given a life sentence with no possibility of parole, but he, back in 2016, was also given a retrial and was given the possibility of parole after 25 years. So as for Kyle Hooper in 2022, he currently sits in prison, but in the year of 2041, he does have a possibility at parole. As for Justin Soto, he continues to live out his life sentence in prison without possibility of parole. I couldn't find any documents saying that he attempted at a retrial. I just think he's sitting in there waiting out his sentence. As for Amber Wright, very, very similar to her brother Kyle, she also was given a retrial back in 2016 and got the same exact verdict as him with the possibility of parole in 25 
five years. So same with Kyle. In 2041, there is a possibility that she could be released out on parole. There are a lot of detectives that worked on this case that say that although Michael was seen to be the ringleader of this operation, a lot of people argue that possibly it was Amber who was the ringleader of this whole thing. If it wasn't for Amber having all of this aggression and anger towards Seth, we don't know if Michael would have actually followed through with his actions and had as much hatred towards Seth as he did. And although all of these kids from their interrogation tapes, they were crying, they were very, very regretful, they seemed very, very remorseful, all of these kids at the end of the day went through with the crime. They had so many opportunities for something to click in their head and say, maybe we shouldn't do this. This isn't right. We shouldn't be doing this. And yet till the very end, they continue to just follow through with the plan and they ended up killing Seth. And even shortly afterwards, when Seth was on the news, when he was missing, none of the kids came forward. None of the kids said a single thing except for Kyle. But that is the end of today's story. That's where all of them are at today. As of 2022, all of them are currently still in prison, all except Charlie Ely. But yes, that is the end of today's case. If you guys found this case interesting, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe. If you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts, make sure to rate it five stars because it really helps me out a lot. If you want to follow me on any of my socials, that will be linked down below as well as my PO box if you want to send me anything and as well as well, all of the research that I use on this case. So if you know you want to go ahead and do your own research, all of my research will be linked down below. A great starting point. And if you do go ahead and do your own research and you come across something that I didn't find in my research or that I did not mention, make sure to leave that in the comments below because I feel like everybody here would be very interested into what you have to say. And let me know of all of your thoughts and feelings about the case. Do you believe all of them deserved life sentences? Do you believe that they should have a second chance at life and be released? Do you think Kyle was the better one of the group for coming forward and speaking up? Or do you think he was just as involved as everyone else and he shouldn't be praised for confessing to his crimes? and James Haven's sentence as well. Do you believe that James deserved a life sentence like everyone else or do you believe he deserved a 30-year sentence? Do you believe he deserved no jail time at all? Again, let me know in the comments below all of your thoughts on that. I will be down there reading them. Very interested to hear your guys' thoughts. But yes, that is all from me. Um, I will see you guys next week. I love you. I love you. I love you. Make sure to be safe out there. Go outside, get some fresh air, read a good book, eat your favorite food, do something that makes you happy today. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.